On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. This week has marked the 90th birthday of Yoko Ono, singer, artist, peace activist, and the woman, of course, who broke up the Beatles. Uh, I've, I've said too much. Um, Yoko Ono, of course, will forever be synonymous with the name of John Lennon. That was a relationship which was not alone a romantic one, but which led to some musical and artistic collaboration. Um, Ireland is a curious part, uh, part, though, of the story of John and Yoko. Uh, and there's a series of songs which led to some widespread criticism of both and even some claims of the two of them having sympathies with the IRA. Uh, and for what it's worth, John Lennon wasn't the only one um, of the Beatles to land himself in such hot water. Um, Donald Fallon is here to, to dust off his 75s and, and tell us about it all. Um, Donald, these days, Scouse Not English is something that you'd often hear <laughs> uh, on football terraces. But but the idea of Liverpool being different was something that did appeal to John Lennon. Absolutely. And look, when the, when the Beatles made it to Ireland in, in 1963, that's an anniversary this year, by the way, uh, yes, to a yeah. euphoric welcome they fully embraced their own heritage uh, and Lennon nailed it he said we're all Irish mm. and they look Scouse could make a bold claim to that and there's, there's a lovely book about John Lennon and his, his worldview by uh, by Francis Kenny and, and in that he has this brilliant little fact on history that at one point in the 19th century Liverpool had the fourth highest population of Irish born people of any city in the world <laughs> coming only after Dublin, Cork and Belfast Wow Isn't that extraordinary Liverpool more Irish so, than Limerick yeah, yeah so that curious Liverpool identity you know it, it, today it's it's a hybrid of lots of things yeah. isn't it but one of them is, is definitely Irishness and I think the Beatles they existed in a time when being second generation Irish didn't really matter. It didn't really mean all that much in the 1960s. It was a very innocent time. You know, in some ways, the troubles came later on. Mm. And then the Irishness of, of later groups, you know, Dexys, Midnight Runners or you know, the Smiths, who mm. bizarrely uh, were praised in the pages of Unfublocked. <laughs> one of those <laughs> wow. great moments in Irish journalistic history. Unfublocked praises the Smiths because of something Morrissey said about Margaret Thatcher. You know, That's by the do. 70s and 80s, Irishness was a far more mm. contested and contested Thing. But I suppose the story, as we're going to get into yeah. today, of the Beatles' uh, solo was only beginning. Yeah, we're, we're all Irish, proclaimed Lennon, about all the Beatles, including a guy whose name was Richard Starkey. <laughs> I, I, I don't quite get the uh, get the get the Gaelga hint there, but may, maybe it's buried in there somewhere else on the mother's side. Um, just because the Beatles ended, though, um, obviously a lot of times when, when big bands break up, then the members fade into obscurity, or their their solo work is not really faded. Obviously, not the case. Yeah, the and it's, we're looking at a post-Beatles John Lennon today, I suppose, at a time when not one but two former Beatles found themselves publicly criticised for their interventions mm. culturally into the Irish question. So 1972's Plastic Ono Band record, which is this collaboration between Yoko Ono and John Lennon, uh, it includes two songs addressing the Irish question. And of course, this is also a time when Paul McCarthy's band yes. Wings were widely, yeah. widely condemned uh, for his intervention into the same political question after yes. Bloody Sunday. Yes, uh, so you have Wings with their Give Ireland Back to the Irish and then people maybe miss the fact that John Lennon is, is banging the same bow on uh, at the time as well. Um, when Yoko arrives into John Lennon's life, um, she immediately, and this is where you sort of feed into this this uh, stereotype that I mentioned in the intro, um, she instantly becomes something of a tabloid hate figure straight away. Yeah, it's the late 60s and she doesn't get an easy time of it in the British tabloids and this kind of accusations that her influence, as you joked about, is what broke up the Beatles. But to be honest, like the band's problems had long preceded yes, true. her arrival. This was a this was a spiral that was that was well in motion. And she herself told Rolling Stone, actually, I said, I don't think you could have broken up for uh, strong men like them, even if you tried. You know, that this mm. this band was, was something that she herself couldn't bring down. But one historian of the band puts it, you know, that she was to the press either a joke or a hate figure or both, mm. which is a good a good review of, of how she was viewed in the press. But when it came to matters political, I mean, there was real hostility towards both Yoko Ono 
uh, and John Lennon. And then in the winter of 1969, Lennon does something which the British tabloids you know, blame on Yoko Ono. Okay. He returns as MBE, symbolically, in protest and as a gesture for peace. So, yeah, she's this, I suppose, she's viewed as someone who's pulling John Lennon in kind of dangerous directions. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really fascinated by that idea that as late as 1969, that a man like John Lennon is not perceived as having his own agency, that if he hands back an MBE, that it wasn't his own doing, it was his miss that made yeah, him do it. Yeah, this, but, meddling, this meddling woman bringing yeah. down this great boy band. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a curious image to, to revisit um, 50 plus years on. Um, but a particularly controversial image of the two um, is taken a couple of years later. And, and that's where then this, this real tie to matters in Northern Ireland becomes very explicit. It's an extraordinary picture, if people haven't seen it, of, of Yoko Ono and, and, and John Lennon walking down the street. 1971, Lennon is holding a, a copy of a, a British left-wing newspaper called Red Mole, edited by Tariqa Lee. And the front page is bold. It just says, for the IRA against British imperialism. And look, that's an image that would come to haunt him uh, in the press in, in, in the months and years that followed. Mm. And Lennon, I think, at the time was also learning the power of the newspaper editor, you know, to take a full sentence and transform it into something else. So 1979, he says something, it's not particularly smart, but he says, if it's a choice between the IRA and the British Army, I'm with the IRA, but if it's a choice between violence and non-violence, I'm with non-violence. So it's a very delicate line. Yeah, so, so that's the whole that's the, the whole quotation in, in, its, in its full <laughs> rounded context. Now, okay. dear listeners, guess what the tabloids did with that one? You know, and of course, it just became, if it's a choice between the IRA and the British Army, I'm with the IRA. And yeah. I mean, for Lenin, this was a, this was a, a time, I suppose, of, of very difficult press. But then the following year, erupts Bloody Sunday. Yeah, and then when that happens, there's many cultural responses, but from the former Beatles, you get two responses very quickly. It's amazing. Paul McCartney and Wings, Give Ireland Back to the Irish, it's quite a good song. It's nearly instantaneously banned by the BBC. Mm. Uh, and for that reason, probably it goes to number 16 in the UK singles chart, which isn't bad, you know, it gets into the top 20. And in Ireland, it goes to number one. And Paul later recounted about it. I wasn't really into protest songs. John had done that, but this time I felt that I had to write something to use my art uh, to protest. Mm. Yoko Ono and Lennon have, have two tracks uh, on this album. Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Interesting song. Great line. Leave Ireland to the Irish, not for London or for Rome. Which wouldn't have gone down well with all the Irish grannies in Liverpool. But anyway, that was in there. Mm. And then Lesser Heard is The Look of the Irish, which includes a very strange kind of Yoko Ono vocal too. Not one no. of Lennon's more memorable numbers. No, it's like a it's like a, a curious mix of, you know, Republican sympathies and Carol's gift shop, you know. It's all these <laughs> evocative images of and leprechauns are actually mentioned in it, which is yeah. extraordinary. Oh, so, no. What were they on at the time? But you know, lots of things is probably the answer there. But mm. you know, these these uh, respective songs, you know, caused responses, of course, and and, and Christine. Keneally, the historian, she's written about how people were kind of more annoyed by the Wings song because they weren't as used to Paul being explicitly political, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. there were anti-IRA protesters outside Wings gigs. Henry McCullough, brilliantly talented member of Wings, had relatives in the north. They were actually attacked uh, in, in, in the streets. All right. Um, the Wings controversy, though, despite the, the track being better remembered, that controversy seems to fade fairly quickly. But then when it comes to Lennon, it seems to still follow him around. And there's even questions of where some of his money was yeah, going. Yeah, I mean, Chris, Christine's research is fascinating. The royalties of the look of the Irish, it seems, were donated to Norad, kind of you know, Republican fundraiser in, in, in the US, bucket okay. shaking in Boston and the like. He even speaks at a rally in Manhattan after Bloody Sunday. And he sings that song with Yoko Ono. And that's enough for, for the FBI <laughs> to open a file. They're really, really frightened of the pot- potential really? of Ono and Lennon kind of mingling with Republican activists that's, uh, in that's New York. That's because you'd, you'd never... Like such a, a little known thing that the FBI were investigating John Lennon for his like supposed affiliation or his his attraction to the well, IRA. It's, it's one thing to sing about anti-imperialist leprechauns, but it's it's a different thing when you know, when, when the money. Can't yeah, be well, very true. And it's uh, I, I was even struck by uh, John Lennon sort of going around with the socialist newspaper, given the money he was probably sitting on. But I suppose the sympathies were still there too. Uh, beyond the troubled North, 
um, Lennon and Yoko Ono, they were very interested in another part of Ireland and it was somewhere that had circumstances not gotten in the way. It's somewhere they might have ended up moving to. Yeah, and I think, look, for, 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 for John Lennon and Yoko Ono, Ireland was a cause and not the cause, it was a cause in a world that was full of them, you know, at the time in the 60s and the 70s. And I think for people that were so publicly synonymous with peace, you know, in time, they did have to kind of move away from, from those kind of revolutionary politics that mm. he'd stood b- beside at one point, you know, Red Mole and all of that was in the past. Yeah. But interestingly, it wasn't the north of Ireland that kind of occupied his mind at one point, at the west. And it's this extraordinary story, uh, an island off the coast of Mayo, which he'd purchased and actually hoped yes, to retire to. I remembered that he's the, the, the Dornish the Island. Amazing. Yeah, so Dornish Island. And that was, that was the, the great retirement hope of, of Lennon and Yoko Ono. And I, I love this little anecdote that when he first went out there in the 60s, uh, the local man who showed him around the island was asked about it later and said it was only afterwards I discovered it was John Lennon as far as I was concerned he was a customer Beatlemania and the swinging 60s had not yet quite reached the west of Ireland <laughs> but of course Lennon as we all know never got that Irish retirement yeah. he died on the, the 8th of December 1980 just 40 years of age so not alone had John Lennon's fame gone worldwide and that he'd gone into this post Beatles phase and into a solo material and he was being investigated by the FBI for his alleged sympathies for the IRA and there were still lads out in Mayo who had no idea who he was. <laughs> like, if that doesn't tell you something wonderfully charming about our attitudes to people and their notions sometimes, uh, isn't that fabulous? Um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono and their sort of weird forgotten story and their links to Ireland, uh, told expertly as ever by Donald Fallon, who was the author of the Eason's Book of the Year, uh, Three Castles Burning, A History of Dublin in Twelve Streets, uh, which is uh, out now available in all good bookshops. He's also presenter of the podcast of the same name about the history of our capital city, which you'll get anywhere you you get your audio online. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.